Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. I have two special guests with me today that have not been on the podcast for a while, and uh, one of them was suspended. Um, her name? No, I'm just kidding. Gerilyn. <laughs> no, Gerilyn hasn't been on the podcast for a while because uh, we haven't done that many episodes. I've done this. I think everybody's going to get sick of hearing this because every person I, do I bring not on believe now. that. I do not accept that as an explanation. <laughs> so Ger- Gerilyn Agreed. is uh, one of our worship leaders, and I brought along one of our other worship leaders, Andrea. Um, we aren't on video today, so if you can't, uh, if you don't know names, Gerilyn's the one with red hair, and Andrea is the one with blonde hair. Yeah. So that's it. That's it, right? That's us. Okay. So our height the, is approximately the same. Yeah. Approximately <laughs> the same. Um, but they both are are singers, worship leaders with the worship team here, and I brought them on today because we are going to be talking about worship. Um, Andrea, I did do a throwback the other day where I reposted the episode we did with Brennan, um, just as like a lead into this kind of thing. Um, this is going to be much shorter than that one. Uh, I like long, I like long podcast episodes. Like when I see a podcast episode, it's like two hours long. I'm like, sweet. This is going to take me a week to get through (laughs) because I just listened to it 10 minutes on the way home. Right. Um, but I've been shortening these down to about 30 minutes. So um, if you have any complaints, you can email me at podcast at springhills.org about the lack of length in the podcast episodes. <laughs> Anyways, today um, we are going to be talking about, I, I titled the episode Why We Worship, but there's going to be a lot more than just why we worship. We're going to define worship, um, what it is that we're doing, the fact that worship does not only happen within uh, the, the confines of the walls of the church, or doesn't only happen when we're singing songs. So um, we can be out chucking pumpkins like we were with motion night the other night we had the big pumpkin launchers and hanging out with those kids that can be worship so that sounds stupid but it's true all right (laughs) so we are going to be talking about this but first um andrea why don't you give us like uh two minutes because it's been i think it's been like a year since you've been on the podcast because we right i don't know has it been that long it's been a while while. so um maybe just give us a a little bit of a a get to know you your family what you do well my name is andrea and I, um, I have a fashion truck, which is what I kind of do on the, it's like a part-time job, but my that mom and I own it. sentence. It's so, <laughs> it's that. so fun. Um, so it's like the size of a UPS truck and you open it up and there's and a it has shop, eyelashes and it has eyelashes and there's a shop in the back. So I do that. Um, and then I have two daughters, Annabelle and Lila, 12 and nine, they're getting old. <laughs> um, it's, it's Does going it make you fast. feel old? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm married to Brandon. We've been together for forever. You're like Corey and Topanga. Mm-hmm. We're like real life <laughs> yeah. Corey and Topanga. Yeah. And Are you sick of yeah. people telling you that? No, people don't really tell us that. Oh, actually. just me? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I heard you guys have been together since you were like two, and yeah. I'm like, like Corey and Topanga. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. I don't know why more people don't um, know And that. you can say, the, the name of your fashion truck is Sparrow, yes. and the reason is because of the song, right? Yes, His Eyes on the Sparrow, which is an old, um, it's not a hymn, but it's like an old worship song. Yeah. And um, my mom and grandma and her sister used to sing it together. It's not a time. hymn? I don't think it's a hymn. It's not. I don't think it's in like a hymnal. Huh. I didn't know that. I, I would have guessed like it was. Gospel. Yeah, it's like a. Yeah, yeah. it's more. There's like a hymnal gospel. right there. We can spend the next twenty minutes looking through that to see if it is. Yeah. No. Hey, and then we'd have to end the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then Gerilyn, um, I think people probably don't. You haven't been on a while either, but probably don't have as many questions you because banned. you've been around a little bit more, being on staff and everything. But why don't you uh, share a little bit about yourself as well? Uh, my name is Gerilyn, and. I 
Yeah, I feel I feel pressure now because I'm like <laughs> people don't have questions about me. So <laughs> well, I, yeah, no, I was I'm just, just meaning like I'm people know you, but you're no, okay. they know me better. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. married to Connor. I'm married to Connor, <laughs> the love of my life, and that's because of me. And that's because of some catalysts, and then also destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I text Connor and said Not you Garrett. should ask. No, I called Connor and I said you should ask Geraldine out on a date. Um, and Connor's exact response was, um, "Words, yes," which was funny to me. Anyways, all right. Well, let's talk talk about uh, worship today. Uh, the idea behind this podcast is to teach a little bit more about what worship is, why we worship, and we're going to draw on some of our own experiences as worship leaders and as Christians just to discuss worship a little bit. So let's start with there, uh, with that. What is worship? There's a misconception with a lot of people that worship is only happening when you're singing songs together at church. Yeah. Um, that's not exactly what worship is. That is part of worship. And it's mm-hmm. the part that we all are um, involved in here in serving. Um, but let's start by just be going, be going beyond worship through song and what is worship in general. I think also... Uh, there's a misconception because I've heard people ask that question before, like worship is so much more than just singing songs, but theoretically your definition of worship should also enhance your experience of singing songs, mm-hmm. especially corporately. Mm-hmm. So like, just as we discussed this, not like writing off the significance of coming together and singing songs. Cause I do think that that's a popular understanding of mm-hmm. worship for a reason, but we just have to have a more robust like thing underneath it that doesn't like dismiss yeah. that. Just yeah. a thought. Yeah, <laughs> it's I a good thought here. Yeah, I um, I don't remember where it is. Jesus, Jesus says it. I think um, about worshiping in spirit and truth, mm. and that's kind of like stuck with me recently. I think he says that to the woman at the well, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he mm-hmm. says it to the woman. Yes, um, and so I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean practically to worship in spirit and in truth? throughout my day or like corporately or whatever. So I do think it one of the most important things about worship is that we have to know who we're worshiping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to know mm-hmm. who he is. And when we aren't That's worshiping good. in truth of who, what, like what's in line with his character, that's not real worship. We're worshiping something else. That's really good. Um, yeah. No, I, I've been, um, there's a few people I've had the same, I've said the same thing over and over. Um, because some people, especially with kids, I was a youth pastor for nearly 10 years and a lot of those kids did not understand the idea of it. And I was the worship pastor slash youth pastor. So obviously they were like, I do worship at youth group. And we've taught, been talking about this with motion night as well, because sometimes we get a little discouraged because we can tell these kids don't understand what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me is a little bit like, I already know, you know how to worship because you were created to worship. Mm-hmm. If you go to a concert and <laughs> you see who's a, who's a popular art is Taylor Swift still popular with kids? Sure. Yes. So Imagine Dragons. You go okay, <laughs> yeah, you go to a concert, you are worshiping that that artist because like you would mm-hmm. want to get as close as you can or you if you see people waiting outside of a of a building after a concert just to get a glimpse of whoever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you ever watch old videos of like Michael Jackson concerts like people were or the Beatles like people were crazy about just seeing these people Mm. and it's like Mm -hmm. we are very good at worshiping that's what we were created to that's why we're so good at it um but we want to talk about worshiping God and like you're talking about Andrea worshiping God so why do we worship God why does God need us to worship him that's good does he need us to I don't 
well, that's or, I mean, or does he like why would we do it? Because well, sure, you know, I don't know. I God feel doesn't like need have, us to do yeah. anything. I know, I understand <laughs> that, but I feel like two of the most powerful examples of like killer worshipers, even though one isn't a person, but I think the Holy Spirit sets an incredible example of worship because he focuses so um, passionately on being a spotlight on Jesus mm-hmm. and being a spotlight on what what's going on with who Jesus is and what he's done. And then also the Bible, I think, is such a fantastic spotlight on Jesus and what he's done. And I think that's a huge part of what worship is. And even the example that you brought up with spirit and in truth, like in that context, uh, she she was misunderstanding that what anchors worship is the location. And uh, Jesus was so quick to be like, no, 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 no. It has nothing to do with the location in my kingdom. Because the Samaritans were not allowed to go up on right. the hill where the, the temple was, right? right? Right. Which for us is powerful too. It's the, our worship has nothing to do with the four walls mm-hmm. of the building of the church. What anchors it is the spirit and truth of what we're worshiping. I, w- I was having a little bit of a pause that what people do at concerts is truly worshiping. Because I think that... You can go through sort of the motions and the hype of an environment in sure. that situation, but it, it, it's a great example because you are like, like, wow, you artists are so amazing, and so like that's a true example. But I think worship of God is a is is another level where there's a posture of of humility, of submission, and of like consciously saying this moment, whatever influence I have in this moment, I'm casting it as a spotlight on you. Mm. Um, and who you are and what you've done and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. actually, uh, it's a re- worship is a response, I would say too. Mm, so like a, a to a to a relationship. So like mm. there's a connection there where mm. there can be, I guess, if someone's on the stage and you feel like you know them, but you don't actually know them, and we actually know the God that we're worshiping, mm. and so and have His Spirit in us, so that mm. like connects the whole thing in a different way Mm -hmm. than with someone you don't know. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I I understand. You have a, you actually have a relationship with God. You don't have a relationship with the Beatles. Taylor Swift. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is a good example though. Maybe you did have a relationship. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. still a good example because it is these people are very much like this moment is about them. Well, yeah, yeah that's we love yeah. them. Like that that sense is true, but then there's also another like league of worship, mm-hmm. which is what we're doing. With yeah, them. and so when you see um, like us leading worship, or if you were to go to like, there's a lot of popular recording artists that are worship recording artists, right? right. You go and you see Phil Wickham or Passion um, Hillsong, whatever it is. Oh yeah, that's a good example. And mm-hmm. what they're doing that while it's a great concert what their whole goal is is not to point you at them is to point you to god point you to worship god Mm -hmm. and not worship them and that's Mm -hmm. what when you can there's sometimes if you go somewhere you can tell if you're like you're talking about the holy spirit like you can tell when people are filled with the holy spirit and leading worship you can you can tell because it's all about god and you can walk away from that concert or worship service whatever it is and you can feel like you were truly worshiping God. And like, that's, I mean, that's what we try to do as worship leaders is try to direct you towards worshiping God. We don't, that's why we talked about last time you were on here with this, Andrea, we talked about like how difficult it is sometimes when people come up and be like, wow, that was so great. You guys are so great. It's like, we all, sure. We appreciate the compliment. Right. But sometimes it's difficult to accept that because you're like, okay, but it wasn't about that. It's, it's about God. I I appreciate it. But are you getting what we're doing here? Mm -hmm. Like, sure. We want to pursue excellence and we want it to sound good. And, 
and all that. But like, we want to also want to make sure like you understand that this isn't about sounding good for right. you. This is about worshiping God. This isn't for you. This is for God. You know, right. um, it can I be- like to say in that context, I try to not make it an, an automatic response, but really mean it so for anyone who's listening that I've said this to you before, but I think it's really sweet when people want to encourage yes, us and it, it is. is really encouraging, but I always respond with like, thank you so much for worshiping with us. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that was kind of you to give me a compliment, but then thank you for being here worshiping with us. Like just yeah. making sure there's a framework that what's even more important to us without being, you know, like, I feel like people can, we never correct people, no, know, but, but like, I just want people to feel like, feel free to encourage us. We love that. But yeah. also yeah. thank you for worshiping with us. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, yeah, it is encouraging. Um, in Colossians three seventeen it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. so let's talk about everyday life. Cause we're talking about a lot of, uh, worship leading in the contents context of singing songs, mm. but what about just in your everyday life at work or as a parent, um, your Geraldine, I think you had, you had mentioned your, um, your puppy earlier. I forget Aww. if that was before we started <laughs> recording or not. Um, but even, even like, even like your relationship with people, when you go to the, I know with Cody you used to go to the dog park, right? Yeah, you yeah, like yeah. made relationships with people. How do you, yes. how do you, uh, how do you make everything in your everyday life be an act of worship? Cause you, uh, Andrea, you said worship is a whole life response, right? Oh yeah. That's cool. I did. <laughs> or you said worship is a response. I, I think oh, yes, a response. your whole yes. life can be a response. I don't remember what I said. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking about how some of this depends on personality. Like I heard someone say one time <laughs> how making a sandwich for their children could be an act of worship and that they're thinking about how, and I don't want to mock that because that's wonderful. That's just <laughs> not something that I'm like, I don't want to over-spiritualize making sure. a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm making a sandwich and I'm trying to keep everything in my mind of what I have to do, you know. Um, but taking but care of your kids, I mean. It is, it's an act of worship. And so like when I heard her say that, I was like, hey, that's kind of ridiculous. But then when I really thought about it, I'm like, well, I mean, I wish I was more um, aware of like the, like nourishing my children's bodies is an act of worship. Mm -hmm. Being a mother is an act of worship when I am in line with the Holy Spirit and when I am, um, you know, or like praying without ceasing, that whole thing is so kind of overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But when we think about, okay, I need to think about what I'm thinking about right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Which seems like a lot of work because it kind of is. It's a discipline. Um, And when I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about, then I can redirect my thoughts back to the Lord. And then I can, you know, Mm -hmm. it can be an act of worship making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't gotten there yet, but. (laughs) Do you think it's something that we can do on autopilot or like the reverse stitch would almost be like just all the time being like, consciously saying this is worship this is worship you know like I'm I'm choosing right. that the sandwich is going to be a moment of worship I almost wonder if there's something to be said that you're missing it's almost like with salvation if you go straight to works you're sort of missing the root yeah. mm-hmm. you're going for the fruit so if you think of of worship as fruit then mm-hmm. your effort isn't directed at worship or trying to like reframe everything we're doing mm-hmm. every day as worship it's it's directed at the root so I think that worship will there is some intentionality behind it for portions of the day Mm -hmm. but it can't be an intentional thing when people say pray without ceasing and you feel overwhelmed it's like some of what 
I think Paul was getting at there is that it's going to be this natural response as you press into to who God is. Like I love um, my one of my professors talked about how if you see a picture of the Grand Canyon, you don't have to Photoshop a cross on it to like have a worshipful mm. response mm-hmm. to it. Mm. And so so much of what I think worship without ceasing or a life of worship mm-hmm. can be is just realizing like. I'm driving in my car, I'm doing something that isn't necessarily focused on God, but I respond to the glory of Mm -hmm. God in little things that capture my Mm -hmm. attention and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So that can be less overwhelming than... Yeah, right. I have a a list in my... As you know, I've said many times, I love making lists. Um, So I have a list in my phone and it's a list of things that um, I, I just have it things I'm thankful for. But the idea behind this specific list is things I'm thankful for that are kind of, uh, that I forget about Mm -hmm. being thankful for. And when I was in high school, my high school pastor had said, when you're driving and you hit a stoplight and instead of being frustrated that you're the red light or whatever, just thank God for something and thank God for something you wouldn't normally thank him for. Thank him for the fact that you have a working vehicle or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, right? Like (laughs) you can just be thankful for something. So I've kind of gotten in the habit of like where I just make a list of like things that I'm thankful for and little things that I remember like now I just necessarily not necessarily making a sandwich, but it could be making a sandwich and just like, God, thank you for the time I get to hang out with my boys right now because Mm -hmm. that's such a, it's such a blessing that I have a job that allows me to spend a lot of time with my kids Mm -hmm. and I'm not, I don't have to leave before they wake up and get home an hour before they go to bed every, every night. And I know like that's the circumstances a lot of people are in. And while it's like, I mean, I don't want to knock anybody's job or whatever, but it's like, if that's the the job that you have, the blessing of your job is going to be different than the blessing of my job, right? Like maybe the blessing of your job is it allows you to be, you know, this financially stable and your kids are able to, Mm -hmm. uh, to have, the things that they need. I don't know. I'm rambling now, but the point being, I have this list of things that I thank God for. And what I feel like has helped me build my relationship with God to get closer to God is to acknowledge all of those little things on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like me having a relationship with God, um, helps the worship pour out naturally with Mm -hmm. little things. And then if I have a moment where, or not, if I have a moment, when I have a moment, that's like, that obviously was not worship, worshipful <laughs> and glorifying to God, um, just like we all have. It stands out a little bit more to me because it's such a habit for me now to be intentional about, I want this to be glorifying to God, mm-hmm. the way that I talk to my kids, the way that I talk mm-hmm. to people. And if I say something, as you know, I have a very rough tone with some people sometimes. You both have seen this. And sometimes somebody will come to me and say like, uh, Geraldine, you did this one time. Like, hey, that was kind of harsh. You might want to go apologize. And I legitimately was like, oh, okay, I didn't realize I was being that harsh. Like, thanks for pointing that out because that wasn't really glorifying to God. And so like I, you know, that kind of thing where I'm like, now I want to make sure that I'm being intentional about every interaction. And when I fail at that, it stands out more. And the relationship that I have with God makes me, uh, I'll say repent of that and be mm-hmm. more intentional the next time mm-hmm. that I'm talking to this person and be like, I want this conversation to be glorifying to God. Does that make sense? Good. Yeah, yeah I, like, really I like that too because it's, it's some structure, mm-hmm. but it's also the the overflow of your heart. It's that response too. It's coming from from like deep within yourself. Mm-hmm. This this praise or um, thanksgiving of the Lord, but it's not necessarily a like an emotional response either. Which I think sometimes we get confused by that. Like mm-hmm. we think we have to be 
saying certain words or looking a certain in a certain posture or you know what I mean so it's mm-hmm. just like that's a cool way to structure it for yourself so that you remember but it's also true mm-hmm. to what's going on inside of your heart yeah, yeah I think that's, that's cool yeah I so that, talking about I mean I, that's kind of my own experience with worship on my own but I it is important for us to be together as a church to worship yeah. together so let's talk about the importance of that of corporate worship Corporate worship being when we are all together, worshiping God together, again, through song or when we're all chucking pumpkins, like whatever it is, right? <laughs> like just fellowship together can be glorifying to God. So why is it important mm-hmm. as a church, though? Let's talk about singing. Why is it important? I think it's a cool transition out of the like bringing emotions into it, because I think sometimes worship leaders, especially myself, I've struggled in this way. I've thought of it as my job is to get people in the mood (laughs) to worship, Mm -hmm. you know, like I need to do. And there's some strategy behind, I think we use this at Spring Hills where we try to keep the the first song a little bit more like we're not going to fall asleep, you know, Mm -hmm. and like create a a somber, reverent moment around energy, frame it with energy. So I'm not talking about that, but it's, I think, important to understand that worship is not I, we talk about like, it's not a thermometer. It's not taking a read of the room and like, or a read of yourself. Like, how am I feeling right now? And I'm going to worship God out of that. But it's, it's proactive. It's setting a tone. So when we come together corporately, we, we, it's the walls are not important, but we're using these walls and saying this space is for God. This time is for God. And so regardless of whether or not you are feeling so overwhelmed in your life or overjoyed in your life or pain or celebration, whatever we're doing, when we come together, we can experience unity because we're declaring that that's what this time is for. That's mm-hmm. what this space is for. So it's, it's so a separate from what you're going through. And there's like that blend of beautiful diversity in that we're all feeling different things <laughs> in the yeah. room, but also unity in that despite that we're declaring what this is. Mm-hmm. So I want that to be, uh, a misunderstanding that gets corrected in our church family as well. And I think a lot of people do have that, but that you don't have to feel a certain thing. You don't have to get yourself in the mood. You are a yeah. free agent. You like just declare what this yeah. time is for. And that's part of it. Yeah. We're very strategic about lyrics that we sing and we, you know, as time passes, I see, I've seen it. I've been at Spring Hills for nearly five years and it's not that the lyrics that we've sang in the past aren't good lyrics, mm-hmm. but just the understanding behind those lyrics, like some a lot of the songs we sing now lyrically are just so much more simple and to the point. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Like that's a very simple concept. Mm-hmm. And then within that song, you're hearing the gospel. He hung up on the cross. Mm-hmm. He rose from the grave. Our God is rolling stones away. And we mm-hmm. we then sing, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Yeah. So it's, very, it's a very simple concept that is easy to declare right off the bat, no matter what you're going through, let's, let's be joyful together and worship God and praise God for what he's done. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so setting the, setting the vibe of like, cause we, we, Brett did the four, uh, four, four pattern of prayer. I the first that. one is reverence. Mm-hmm. Let's thank God for ever, or, uh, not thank, uh, praise God for everything that he yeah. is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then you get yeah. to the other things where, you can get a little more somber when you get down to the requests, right? And you get right. to be like, well, my my sibling or my parent is very sick, and you get to that right. point. But at first, let's just praise God for who he is. And you see that a lot in David, right? Like David in the Psalms mm-hmm. is like, thank you, God, praise you, God. And then like 
Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying He's to kill me. It's just such a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. I I um have prayed through the Psalms before and it's a really cool thing mm. thing to do, you know, and think looking at it that way too of like pulling out, okay, in this Psalm, this is what he's saying about the character of God and starting with that and how it kind of um it makes the rest of the things like the requests seem not as important by the time you get to them, you know, because you're like, oh, God is so big and so powerful and I have nothing to fear and I'm not alone and all of those things. And then you get to the request and you're like, well, yeah, he's got it. (laughs) You know, not to say that you're the things going on in your life aren't important. Right. No, they are important, but you, it, it just reminds you that it's like, he's got you, you know, and starting worship um, starting a worship service with song and declaring, like Jer was saying, declaring these things about the Lord and then going into a message is such a powerful thing. Cause that's like, that's basically what we're doing, right? We're like, we're all in this together. We all believe this about God. And then you can get to the learning and growing and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I wanted to, before we get going here, we got a few minutes left. Um, I wanted to talk about distractions because in our world today, there's distractions that can be things that are just on your mind, like constantly. Um, we talked before we started recording, we talked about the the news and just being bombarded with things happening. There's a lot of, uh, social media has become such a distraction for so many people. I mean, when we were leading worship for uh, the youth group the other night, during music, there's there, I mean, I think there's like 80 kids here, 90 kids, at least 15 of them are on their phones and they're looking at things. And I'm guessing they're looking at Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever it is. And it's just a distraction, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a distraction throughout your whole life. You wake up in the morning out of habit. What do you do? You check your phone. What's on your phone. Sometimes people are really, some people are really good at this. Caitlin doesn't look at her phone right away. She can go the whole morning without looking at her phone. And I'm like, good for you. Cause just out of habit, I'll look at my phone and just naturally just open up, you know, ESPN or whatever, and just start looking at stuff. (laughs) And it's such a distraction. It might not even be a bad distraction. It's just a distraction from like starting my day with God rather than starting my day with my phone, you know, and (laughs) which is such a a terrible thing. But um, let's talk about distractions and uh, things that can be a distraction. So what are some of those things that you see maybe in your own life and that Mm -hmm. you just see in our culture today that are the biggest distractions from us worshiping God? For me, uh, social media, when it's unhealthy, my, my husband and I love to send each other Instagram posts. So we actually, it's like a significant part of our relationship, but it's always like animals being hilarious or like, it's never anything of any substance. So there, I love Instagram for that, but I do have Instagram like embedded in multiple levels of folders on my phone because uh-huh. I never want it to be something that it's just like when I'm like bored, I just like open, open it. Instagram. It's always an intentional, like, babe, did you see, that? <laughs> see that post I sent you last night? No, I'll pull it up. But, um, <laughs> side. Wow. So the, when media becomes unhealthy for me is when it stokes my anger. Mm. And when I don't have the appropriate response of bringing that anger to God. Cause for me, the, I reflected on this a little bit just cause I was like, wow, why does this make me so mad? But to me, it's not a righteous anger. A lot of times the root of that anger is like, if I was in control, I would do this. And all these idiots who are in control (laughs) are, you know, doing this instead. And um, I think that that attitude and like 
the fire of that attitude is not compatible with embracing that God is the one in control. And so when you can use, I think if you want, you could use social media to drive you to God, like this, this, this anchor of like, okay, if I get angry, I'm going to take the anger right to God. But Mm -hmm. most of, most of us, myself included, don't do that. Oh, agreed. I'm 100% agree with you on that. (laughs) I get angry too. And it's not like, yeah, it's not fruitful. I hate injustice or if something's unfair. So like I'm terrible with sporting events. Like if I if something to me is like that's unfair. Either way, if it's the team, if it's unfair, even if it's the team that I want to win is being is benefiting from the unfairness, I'm still like oh I don't want to win that way. Like that's <laughs> that's not as fun. Um and so like what I I have to sometimes I have to just not watch sports because I'm such a competitive person. And if I see something unfair happen, I'm like I'm fuming and I start to treat people poorly because I'm mad. I'm irritated. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so like I have to stay away and I'm not, a, I'm not a huge social media presence. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not on there a whole lot. If I do post anything, if you, if anybody is friends with me on Facebook or something, you notice the only things I post, I post stupid things. <laughs> I post about the fast and furious movies and I post <laughs> like, it's basically like I'll post something stupid or it's about my family or God, right? It's, I never am going to post something political. I'm not going to make some kind of grand statement politically. If I do, it's, it's in a moment of weakness that I'm like, (laughs) I'll try to delete it right away. But anyways, it's, it's a big distraction for me because I get so mad. So I, I understand Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. part of it, like getting angry and then, oh man. Yeah. What is that? So bringing it back to worship, like how does that distract from worship specifically though? Do we feel right? Are we out of time? No, okay. not yet. <laughs> yeah, how does how does it distract from worship? I think it just it just takes your mind off of the things of God. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it does. It takes my mind off of you know if I'm some to oh well. Here, let me go with this. Sometimes for me, it's well, let me ask you this question: Is it harder or easier for you to to worship in times of uh, stress, like in difficult circumstances? I think it depends on the Mm -hmm. circumstance, like Mm -hmm. stress. Well, I tend to be a slightly anxious person. I used to be very anxious and I'm not as much anymore, but, um, so like in times of when I'm feeling anxious, it's easier for me to, it feels like a, like relief kind of to worship. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but in times of stress, cause I feel like those are kind of different. I'm just, I feel like I just keep, I just spin, (laughs) you know, I'm just like running around like a crazy person and I'm not focused on really anything, Mm. which I was going to say is probably my biggest distraction is, um, being way too busy and saying yes Mm -hmm. to everything because I want to do everything and not leaving any time to, um, rest or Mm. even just, like with podcasts, even like I'll listen, I love listening to podcasts. And so I'll put them on and like, I realized, oh, I'm not really even, I'm just listening to other people talk so much of the time. And that is a distraction to me, maybe more than like Instagram or something like that. Although that can be distracting too, because you're looking at other people's lives. You're not focused on your life and your calling and why God has you where he has you today in this mm-hmm. moment, you know? Yeah. So it kind of takes you out of your present 
life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so then how can you worship if you're not even focused on what you're supposed to be focused yeah. on? Yeah. When I get, if I'm mad, I have a very difficult time worshiping mm-hmm. and it can even be mm-hmm. something like if, you know, if you're, if I'm, if Caitlin and I are arguing, sometimes like we try to like, we let's take a break from this or like praying together or like just trying to, to acknowledge that I'm wrong and <laughs> just things like that. I have a hard time worshiping God, um, or, or something like that when I'm angry. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's part of what I think the distraction with media is, is I get so, I get so worked up about stuff and then it's like, I don't want to worship. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm too mad, you know, like that kind of feeling. The other side of that is if I'm going through something that's very difficult, that's kind of just out of my control. Um, and it can be something that's, you know, for example, uh, the beginning right before the COVID stuff happened, my dad had a heart attack. And in those moments, I, I naturally just go to God. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like, I don't stop praying in those moments. Mm-hmm. I don't stop. Like I love getting to sing and worship in those moments. Some people would say like, well, it's harder to focus on God when you're doing it. Cause you're so focused on yourself and what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a harder time when things are going so well, mm-hmm. I get robotic and I kind of just like, we'll go through the motions of things because things are just working. And then it's like when there's some kind of wrench thrown into my day or whatever, then it's like, I, I remember like, I need to rely on God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when things are just going smoothly, I don't really rely on God and I don't even acknowledge God sometimes. So sometimes yeah. it's hard for me to, in good times, be worshiping and it's easier for me in hard times. Now being mad is different because I'm stubborn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of the two categories too of worshiping God for what he's done and worshiping God for who he is. And I think the, the worship God for who he is, is something that literally you can choose to do that in any circumstance, any frame of mind. Sometimes I'm a little inauthentic if I'm like, really want God to do something really specific in my life. And I'm like, I'm like supposed to focus on things, but who, who God is, is something we can worship him for in any point in time. So I think there's certain things that like make me less likely to instigate worship, but no Mm -hmm. matter what, who God is never change, always the same. So we can, if worship is just taking a space of time and our focus and declaring it for God, that's something we can do. No matter what, but that there are certainly things that make me less likely to think to do that kind of thing yeah. mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's, as we close out here, I had, uh, asked each of you if you'd share something about your own experience and growing in your understanding of what it means to worship or live a life of worship. Um, is there anything that comes to mind when, with that? Did you get that far in the notes that I sent you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... I think that what I have learned maybe in this last year or so is that, I mean, I've always known I'm not a victim of my circumstances, but it's easy to fall into that, that way of thinking. But when I kind of started learning, okay, I can, um, I think this is also is in Matthew too, where he says, whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven and loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And like, I have authority in Jesus name to bind, uh, you know, the enemy, like whatever that looks like. Um, and I don't have to, and I can 
do that in worship. Like there was one thing going on with one of my daughters where she just kept having nightmares and nightmares and she was scared. And I'm like, this is not just like a normal, it felt like spiritual. Spiritual, And so I just went in her room and I was, I just prayed like in Jesus name to bind whatever that spirit of fear was. And in that moment, it was really cool because I realized I can, this is worship too, to take authority over things that God has given me authority over. And then I actually ended up like, um, spending some time just quiet before the Lord and then singing, which was really cool too. And some of it was like, I don't really remember. Like some of it was just things that praising him. That wasn't really a song, but I was just singing it, you know, cause I sing everything, but, um, I don't sing about everything I do. <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was kind of a cool moment. Uh, semi recently where it's like, no, I, I can declare these things and actually, um, change things like through the name of Jesus and through his spirit, you know, is, that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Jared, do you have anything? Uh, I think that when we went through a season of recording the worship for mm-hmm. online uh, and when Shelter in Place was happening, that was like just such a dumb time. <laughs> not not because, I mean, like, well, I was so blessed and all my needs are taken care of, so everything's good. But the... It was I, dumb. I was it really was dumb. <laughs> but I mean, we wanted our our church family to worship together. And that was so important for me because that feels like what our role is as um, people who are called to ministry and, and we want to be worship leaders. But uh, I had this thought like rung in my mind every time we got up to record that like it shouldn't matter whether or not people are here. I should be able to worship God regardless of the energy of the room or yeah. the reaction mm. of the room. But I, I really think I grew past what corporate worship should be specifically in that I, I, grew in being like, I don't think that thought was actually coming from God or the spirit. I think that was actually more of a condemning thought to discourage Mm. me because it does matter. (laughs) Like the, the time that we were trying to focus on was a time that was in the future and Mm -hmm. where we would also be there watching ourselves, which was just so awkward. It was so awkward. awkward. It just is so distracting. And that was something I had to grow through too. It was like, oh my word, get your, this is about worship. It's not about watching yourself (laughs) on this video. My goodness. Me just sitting there watching, just being like, wow. You look stupid. I was like, my vanity is off the charts. I thought I was more less vain than this. But but the 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 fact that it does matter. We should mm-hmm. be yeah. in the room together worshiping if that's what corporate worship is is going to be. So that was a growing point for me mm-hmm. to see something that sounded so much like something you could say spiritually with with conviction and passion and realize, no, I think that came from somewhere else. I might be wrong. But yeah. you know, I interesting. in the same same thing, I I shifting what I'm was gonna say here. And the same kind of idea, though, with that being in the room by ourselves recording and then doing the song. So if if you if any of you had ever watched the online services when there was nobody in the room, what we would do is we would we would do the songs, but we would do them three times and they would film from three different spots. Right. So it's a long process. Um, we weren't allowed to have the air conditioner on during that time. Oh it's the middle God. of summer. It for was reasons, so for hot. reasons. Forgot about that. That was so hot. It was. Yeah. So it was it was a. <laughs> It was it was a tedious process, is kind of what it was, right? Yes. And it, it and awkward. We couldn't wait to be back with our church family to worship together. And it, like you're saying, it at first you're kind of like, I shouldn't need to be with everybody to be able to worship. But it's like I have seen in my life how the times when I'm with people worshiping in community, 
help the times when I'm by myself worship more. And the times when I'm by myself worshiping then help the times when I'm with the community. And I think if you have worship leaders that do not have a strong life of worship outside of music, it's very noticeable. Mm. And mm-hmm. you can, and not to say that we're judging any, any other worship leader or anything, but like for myself, I'm talking to myself. If I have a couple, a week or two where I'm like, my life of private worship is not going very well. My, me leading worship is more difficult for me to be genuine mm. and really worshiping God. And it's, it's challenging for me because I get to the point where I'm like, what, what's my problem here? Because I want to be worshiping God, but like, sometimes I'll be up there, especially we do four services. We sing the same songs in all four of those services. I can get so robotic where it's like, I don't even remember thinking about God during that song. Mm -hmm. And I get so convicted about that where I'm just like, that's, that's not the point here. Um, so I think the stronger that my my life of worship, reading the Bible, praying, um, and just being, you know, trying to trying to worship in spirit and in truth throughout my whole life really helps me as a worship leader in the corporate mm. moments where that becomes more meaningful for me, where like I feel like we all get to come together and it's almost like, hey, it's like show not show and tell. That's a terrible way to say it. But like when we <laughs> you can tell when you're with people that have a strong uh, have a strong relationship with God and you worship with them together because you just feel it in the room that everybody there is excited to literally just say, God, we praise you mm. and we do it together. And mm. I can see that together versus times where you can, you can feel like maybe your, your own worship life is not mm-hmm. as strong and you're, I don't know, I, it's hard to explain, but like, it's, mm. it's like I'm fighting against so many things to get to the point of true yeah. worship. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I feel like my life is going uh, my my relationship with God is going well, mm-hmm. and I am really focused on things of God and not things of the mm-hmm. world. It's so much easier to get to the point where I'm like, I walk onto the stage, we start, and it's just like right away. Yeah, it's just like, and we feel it on first Wednesdays a lot because everybody is so excited to be there to worship mm-hmm. that like right when you get out there and we start, we don't hardly have to say anything. Everybody's just stoked mm-hmm. to be doing this together, and it's a great way to to start um, start the month with that. Uh, with that night. So, yeah, I have this disclaimer that I was thinking of while we were saying this, just so that we're not misunderstood because, and it actually brings in a good angle on what we're talking about too. But the people (laughs) I I complain about like the time and the energy that it took to be in front of the camera. But I think of like the hours of time that were put in behind the camera to make it possible for, and I never once heard anyone on that team. I mean, they had their own frustrations and there's tech problems and we, we all are like real people. We complain when that's, when that's (laughs) frustrating, but never once heard them complain about how much time it took. And just Mm -hmm. the, I would do it. I think every single one of us would do it all again in Mm -hmm. a heartbeat in that, in that Mm -hmm. season where we were separated, we would, that, that decision and that level of like, trying so hard to help people who are at home behind a screen feel connected with our whole church family. We would do that all again a million times. But it made me think of, too, like our production team, like that's Mm -hmm. that's sitting literally in a dark room looking at screens, uh, you know, pushing buttons. I I don't totally understand all the things they do because they're (laughs) phenomenal. But how can how do you guys think that worship can be meaningful for them. Cause I was like, that's a whole nother level of, whole, yeah. you know, what does it look like for them to feel 
that they're worshiping during that time. I think we, they go through this a lot in growth track when they mm-hmm. talk about the teams that you're going to be serving on. Cause there's, there's teams here that somebody might be like, I would love to be on the stage, but I can't sing or I can't play an instrument. I'd love to be doing that. So, um, I've had people come to me and say, do you just need somebody changing batteries? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that'd be great. Like mm-hmm. that, that's worshiping God because you're, you're part of the team. Like if I didn't have somebody changing the batteries, Stuff wouldn't work, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Or if we didn't have somebody moving the cameras, people at home w- that can't come to church wouldn't be getting to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the understanding is just knowing that everything that's done here when you're on a team, whether it's it's picking up garbage that's on the ground or changing the, the trash can bags or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or watering the plants. There's, uh, mm-hmm. there's some people that come throughout the yes. week and they water the plants. And it's like, if those didn't get watered, those wouldn't look very nice. And we need to, God gave us this amazing campus Mm -hmm. we need to take care of it and Mm -hmm. that's glorifying to god to take care of the campus Mm -hmm. um and just i think there's every little every little thing that's done with the spring hills team i mean if we didn't have people in the kids wing then families couldn't come to church because they can't they don't feel comfortable sitting in the service with a crying baby Mm -hmm. or if we didn't have people making the coffee they there you would lose um The interaction that would be really sad. Like there's <laughs> a lot of interaction that goes on between the coffee team and the people yeah. that come in. There's some of the first spaces. We didn't have people at the door, the greeters, to be smiling, saying, We're mm-hmm. glad you're here. Maybe somebody that came for the first time wouldn't have felt very welcome. You know? Right. Um, I think think you can you can really find everything that you're doing within the uh serving at the church. Like yeah. it's so glorifying to God. And if yeah. any one of those weren't happening, then the team could start to to break down a little bit. And that's where every service, even though it's the same content, technically, it's that whole spirit and truth. Like every single time we're declaring a new space, a new Mm -hmm. realm of people's, you know, free agent worship of God. Yeah. And and we pray, we pray a lot with Brett, like God be with Brett to speak clearly to the people people, that are in this room right right now, because there's different people at 530 on Saturday than there are at 930. Now, some people are here for all of them and that's great. great. That's great. So. Well, we got to wrap up here. Um, thank you both so, so much for coming in. I'm going to bring in over the next few months, a few different people to talk about worship. And I'm going to get a little bit more in detail about a couple of, um, we're going to, I'm going to do like mini episodes, um, of worship things, which is going to be, I think it's going to be cool, but they're going to be like literally 10 minutes long and it'll just be something to post on a Monday. You hear it for 10 minutes when you're driving to work or something just to be encouraging, like kind of a devotional type of thing in the the um, context of like worship songs. So I might be asking both of you to do that where it might be a little bit of a monologue for you, Um, but it'll be great. I want to, (laughs) I want to encourage everybody. Um, I talked to Brett today also about a couple different podcast things that we want to do. And uh, I just want to keep expanding and be more encouraging to people and give them more, more things to be encouraged with. So thank you, Gerilyn and Andrea for coming. Um, We have our services every weekend, same times, 530, 815, 930, and uh, 11, 15, 5.30 on Saturday, I should say. So, all right, anything else? Oh, oh give me your Chris favorite Rice. Give me your favorite song him. real quick. What? Chris Rice, Untitled Him. Is that's that the song? song? Yeah. Oh, it's called Untitled Him? No, tell, tell them our favorite song because I thought about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that at the bottom of my notes. Recommend a worship a song. We should make a Spotify playlist that they can play all these songs. Yeah. We have it. We do have a Spotify oh, no, playlist. You don't have Chris Lace. <laughs> I don't know that song. I need to listen to that song. I don't know it either. Yeah, I don't know it. Um, yeah, do you, no song that you. I'm how about really, the, really bad at favorites. How like, about the song you named horrible. your business after? His Eyes on the Sparrow? Yes, I love that. Is there I a specific version of it? 
that well, you like. Have you seen Sister Act Two? <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> yes. That's what I think of every time. Yeah, Sister Act Two. Okay. Lauren Hill. Um, well, I'll rec- I'll recommend a song. It's called Song of Redemption by my my friend uh, Phil King. I love Phil. Grew up with him. He's a really good guy and he's amazing, uh, amazing songwriter and worship leader. So, uh, Song of Redemption uh, by Phil King. Check that one out. You can find it pretty much anywhere. So, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) 